Welcome to the Emerge Thriving Podcast, wellness designed for real life. In these conversations, we focus on topics that impact our everyday lives. Forgiveness, self-worth, resiliency, embracing self-care, the power of nutrition, and so much more. Life isn't always easy, but together we can take steps towards a thriving life. Today, we're talking about how to take steps towards fulfillment through exploring our passions and sense of purpose. Aaron Ong, speaker, coach, and founder of True North Success, is joining us to share how we can move past our fears and dare to dream. Thank you for being with us, Aaron. We're so glad to have you. Before we get started, please feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me, Amy. I'm happy to be here, and I'm a certified life coach, and I help people uncover their passion and purpose and help them build their dreams so they can create and live an even more fulfilling life. And often the people who come to me are those who feel that they are being pulled in different directions and they want clarity or they know what they want, but they feel that they've been trying to make a change on their own for some time, but they keep falling back to the same patterns and not getting the results that they want. So I help them shift their mindset and that way they can see opportunities and challenges differently and be able to take different actions that create greater results. Thank you. So before we get started, I just want to share a little bit for myself. For most of my life, I didn't believe that I was capable of even meeting the average standard for life. This was largely because I grew up in an environment where education wasn't prioritized. And at the age of 13, it came to a complete stop. I knew that I was missing out on a foundational part of life. And I couldn't imagine how I would ever catch up and make something of myself, even in the most basic ways, like getting a job or living independently. It felt like it was all out of my grasp. So when I met Erin this year and we connected on the top of of living a life that you love, I was moved. It took me a long time to learn how to overcome challenges and to believe in myself and accept help along the way. Now I know that although it may feel impossible at times, we can take steps towards changing the trajectory of our lives. And oftentimes the first step is a mental and emotional shift, embracing healing, leaving self-sabotage and unfounded fear behind, and choosing instead to explore something new that resonates with our soul. So before we kick off this conversation today, Erin, can you share with us how you came about doing this work so that people know more about your deep connection with the work that you do? Yeah, sure, Amy. So prior to life coaching, I came from a business background, specifically in marketing and finance. And for almost two decades before I started my business over a year ago, I was helping corporations turn ideas into multi-million dollar opportunities. But at the same time, while I was in business, I've always been passionate about personal development. And nine years ago, I created a financial fitness challenge out of my desire to get better at my personal finance and also help others do the same. And about 20 to 30 people participated in the challenge. And each week, we studied the materials that I pulled together, and then we took actions. And at the end of the three months, it was a very rewarding experience for me because I saw not only the changes it had on my own life, but also the changes that he had on others. And people were making big changes, like cutting down on their debt. They were changing the way they were spending and investing money. And one even refinanced their mortgage. And it was 
a very rewarding experience for me to see that impact. And at that moment, that desire to become a life coach was sparked in me. But I never took the actions to become certified as a life coach because of my own limiting beliefs. I believe that at that time, that being a life coach is something that we do much later in life, like when we retire. And in hindsight now, when I hear myself saying that, it sounds really silly to me. But at that point in time, I couldn't see my own blind spots. And it wasn't until my mom's health was impacted by stroke that my outlook on life changed. And the realization that life is short and none of us really know how much time we have left just hit me at a whole new level. And when I was caregiving for my mom, I saw how the power of belief helped change things for my mom. And you said yourself too, when you were growing up, you know, you didn't believe that you had it in you and how that changed things for you. So for my mom, the doctor who initially shared my mom's uh, health assessment with us did not sound very hopeful about the function that my mom would gain back. And because of that, we chose to go with another medical team who shared the same belief as we did, because we know the power of the belief and how that can help us create a different result. And to creating the right structure of support for my mom and my mom herself taking daily actions, she was able to gain the progress that was much more than what the skeptical doctor had shared with us. So it was very gratifying for me to help my mom break through her limitations. And I want to help others do the same. And personally, for me, I also wanted the opportunity to show my parents that after all the sacrifices that they made to give me the opportunities that I have today, that I could become the person I aspire to be. So when the opportunity opened up for me to invest in myself and my dreams, I took a leap of faith. And today I'm blessed to be able to help others build their dreams. I'm so glad that you are. We need it. We need encouragement. And to be connected with people like yourself who can help us really tap into that. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine other people feel the same way. What would you say to someone who might be coming from that place, but also curious at the same time about what it would take to really build a life that they love? Right. So living a life we love is definitely a journey, right? And it's easier when we have a framework to follow where we can take systematic steps to create and live a vision-driven life. But the first step is to really know where we want to end up. And there's a simple question that I encourage our listeners to ask themselves. And the question is, what would I love? What would I love to create, to have, to be, to give, and to experience in life if I knew that success was guaranteed? And it sounds very simple. In fact, deceptively simple. But often, many people have a hard time answering that question because many of us have been programmed to look at our external factors like our economy, our background, our existing relationship, our history, to tell us what we can or cannot have. And we as a society have also been trained to look at other people's opinion to inform us of what we're capable of. And so often when people answer this question of what would I love, the answer is based on what they think they can achieve. And in doing so, there just isn't enough burning desire in them to go after their dreams. So my invitation to our listeners is to really tune into the question and ask yourself, 
if I knew I couldn't fail, what would that life I love look like? And we all have results in four key areas. So in each of the area, like health and wellness, love and relationships, career and creative expression, and time and money, uh, freedom, just reflect on this question. What would you really love? Because when you ask yourself, what would you really love versus what do you think you can achieve, you'll get two very different answers. And one of them will have the power to pull you forward and then the other won't. So you really want to give yourself the permission to dream big here and have a childlike curiosity where nothing seems impossible. So just have fun with this exercise and see what inspirations are sparked for you and be sure to write it down. Because if we don't, we'll tend to forget. But when you actually write it down, you're able to create a whole new clarity for yourself. And then this way you can expand and refine your answer until you get to a vision of a life that you would really love. And of course, you know, with the time that we have, this is only a scratch on the surface to help folks get started. But I do have workshops where I help people design their vision at a much more deeper level. It's so important to really think that way. There's been times in my life where that felt so foreign to think about going from where I was to where I wanted to be. It's kind of like, I don't dare hope. And so there's a little bit of trepidation, maybe on my drive home from my corporate job, just thinking about it. If I weren't here and I was going to take a step in in a different direction, what would that be? And just over time, just kind of allowing myself to explore that and think about what was really important for me helps kind of the build the muscle of belief. Right. And in, throughout this conversation, we're using the word dreams. This word is often felt like it was just out of touch with reality for me. But as I've healed and started to see myself differently, and I've interacted with the world just a bit differently, it's led to changes that helped me believe that I could possibly take steps towards things that were deeply important to me. So today when I use the word dream, it resonates because it's, that's been where those desires have rooted from, you know, on the drive home. It's an idea, a dream, a thought about what was important to me and for my life. So when you speak about dreaming big, I can imagine that a question someone might be thinking is, what's the point of dreaming big if I'm not sure how to achieve my dreams? Or if I feel that I can't achieve my dreams, what would you say to someone with that thought? Well, that's a great question, Amy. And many people, in fact, they do tend to feel that way. So when we have the thought of what's the point of dreaming big, right? I want to invite us to recognize that that thought occurs because there's a part of us that feels afraid, that feels doubtful. So We want to recognize that there's also another part of us that wants to grow. And if we choose to listen to the part of us that feels afraid and wants to pull us back to the familiar, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because if we think that way, likely we won't go after our dreams. And if we do go after our dreams, we'll do it half-heartedly, such that when we see the first sign of obstacles, we'll likely turn away. So for those who feel, you know, what's the point of dreaming big? I don't think I can achieve it. Or if I'm not quite sure how to go about achieving my dreams, I'm going to invite you to be willing to put the how on hold for now. 
And then just avoid the temptation of trying to figure it all out. And why that matters is because you want to give yourself the permission to dream long enough so that your dreams have a chance to flourish. And I also want to invite our listeners to recognize that great dream builders like Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, the Wright brothers, when they all first had their dream, they did not know how to bring it about. But then they had a clear image of what they wanted to create and they contemplated and they were given an insight on the next steps to take. And as they take one step after the next, they gain more insights. And by taking more steps, it led their dreams to unfold. So I would say have faith in your dreams, you know, just like what you were saying, Amy, earlier on how you were thinking about your dreams during your ride back home from your corporate job. And initially you did you did not believe it. By staying focused on your dream, you started to gain ideas. So we want to have faith in our dreams. And we want to know that having faith also comes from an understanding of how results are created. And we gain this understanding by studying success principles, like what we're doing right now by listening to this podcast or reading a book or taking a course or even reaching out to a mentor or a coach who can help you. And then what you want to do is apply what you have learned to your own life so that you can experiment and see the results for yourself. And just know that when you pursue a dream, likely we can't see all the steps in front of us, but it is by taking a step forward and then more will open up. So as you take actions and gain more momentum, it'll give you the confidence. That is so true. The more I kind of allowed myself to open up to the idea of possibility, and I really just treated it like an exploration because that felt safe. And then the more I allowed myself to kind of explore, then I became curious about, well, what's the answer to this question? Is there mm-hmm. a support resource for this out there? What do I need? What are their gaps? And so then it felt safe to explore resources. And then it felt safe to talk to somebody. It felt safe to open up to a mentor. It felt safe. What I felt safe about kept growing and expanding as my understanding grew and expanded as my I'm not even going to say it like belief in, in myself because that was still a growing thing. But as that kind of solidified, I thought, well, I was able to kind of tackle this challenge and we're okay. Maybe I'll be okay with the next one. And it just kept going. And this is over time. But so I can see what you're talking about and saying, as you take steps forward, some, there are resources in there that will become available to you. You will meet people along the way that will help shed light is so true. It sounds super fairy tale. But if you think about life and as you go about life, the decisions you make, the people that you connect with, the path that you go down, you oftentimes meet more people like that on that same journey. If you are interested in playing tennis and you go to do that, you're going to meet people who like to play tennis. It's just kind of the way that life unfolds and we don't think about it necessarily in terms of changing the trajectory of our life, starting something new and starting something different, it can be sometimes really scary. And we think, oh, this is not going to come together. But oftentimes, as you just go down that journey, you meet like-minded people and you'll find answers to things along the way. And that's exactly right. You know, our experiences will open up us to more people or more knowledge that we did not have access before. And that limited our our awareness previously. But as you take steps forward, you're going to 
gain more information that can help you. So that's exactly right, Amy. So one thing that can be a real roadblock, uh, at least it was for me for a while, and I think it can be for other people as well, is when you're not clear what your passion is, what you care really deeply about, and then also a sense of purpose. And when I say purpose, I mean something that's deeply important to a person and brings them a sense of fulfillment. What are some steps that people can take to help them discover that passion and sense of purpose? Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned it earlier too, Amy, it's about self-reflection and having the time, right, to explore and to gain clarity for ourselves. So reflection exercise that I find helpful and would love to share with our listeners so that they can give it a try themselves is to think back to specific experiences that made them feel happy. So just notice as you think back to those experiences, notice what were you doing? Who were you with? And what specific emotions were you feeling when you were engaging in those activities or when you were spending time with a specific group of people? And what aspects of the experience actually made you feel alive? And also, you want to pay attention to how you're using your spare time, like what catches your attention when you're choosing what to read, what to watch, or what to talk about. And you also want to notice what were you doing when time really flew by for you, when people complimented you on things that you were doing that perhaps they find hard to do themselves, or maybe they don't love as much. But you did it with ease and grace and you were really enjoying yourself and you were creating great results. So you want to look at the insights that you can glean by asking yourself these questions as you're doing your self-reflection. And then see if you can create a vision for a day that you would love to live in and experiment with living more and more into those kinds of days and then see what insights emerge for you. So let's say if you love baking, then and you might be thinking that perhaps one day you would like to open up a bakery, but you're not quite sure whether creating a business out of it is something that you would love or something that is right for you. So you can start actually imagining right now, like what it would feel like to have a bakery business. And you can imagine up a menu that you would love to offer and then practice baking those goods. And you can even take it further by offering it to friends or families during parties and then create a little side hustle out of it, right? Where you're doing some catering business before you actually fully invest in that business. And you can also talk to people who are already successful in the business to get a sense of what it would take to be successful or what it would feel like to have the best days and also the worst days. And consider whether going through the journey both the ups and the downs is something that you would love because they're both part of the package. So by using your reflection to gain insights and then using that insights to practice stepping more into that life that you love and then talking to others who are successful in the field, you can get a taste for yourself. What is your passion or what would give meaning to your life? I love how practical that is. You're taking the inspiration and then also kind of the practicalness of how we can start to envision ourselves going forward. What should someone do if they still don't quite know what their passion and purpose is after asking some of those questions and reflecting on their answers? 
what could they do instead? Yeah. So one of the things that I teach clients to do is to not resist the experiences, which can include not knowing at times. Because so often when we resist the process or we try to accelerate the process, we tend to block ourselves from the intelligence that is seeking to emerge for us. So what we want to do instead is to keep staying curious about what uplifts us and give ourselves the permission to experiment with what we love. So let's say, you know, if you enjoy dancing, then go do more of that and see what the experience opens up for you. And perhaps you may discover that maybe you love to be in an environment where there's a lot of high energy, or maybe you're attracted to certain type of people. So do lean into what brings you joy and then start noticing what is it about the specific activity or the environment or the people that makes you feel expansive. And then this way you can start to connect the dots for yourself. So for me, before I got into life coaching, I've been doing a lot of personal development work myself. And I love reading about personal growth during my free time. I love hearing stories about how people overcome their limitations. I love making a difference in people's lives. Like when I created the financial fitness challenge to not just improve my personal finances, but also help others do the same. So because I had been leaning into the activities that brought me joy, when I look back, I was able to see a trend on what I was passionate about and what gives meaning to my life. So the key here is that we want to keep tuning into what makes us feel expensive and give ourselves the chance to experience what it feels like to step more into that life. Really taking the time to get to know ourselves and what's important and really connect and honor with that. And we're all so unique and we come from a different place and we're in different environments with different life circumstances. Mm-hmm. But just for me being in different places in my life, one of the things that I've learned to do along the way that's been really helpful for my overall sense of well-being is to respect and honor who I am, what I'm going for, and also where I want to be and where I want to head, the direction that I want to head. Healing for me has been a really big part of that and surrounding myself with people who are uplifting and encouraging and then exploring things that are important to me. Those are some of the key things that have really helped me from where I was to kind of shift into where I wanted to be. And one of the things that was really top of mind for me and another real big roadblock was being afraid of failure. And that that can lead to procrastination or feeling stuck. And then you get to this point where it's like, I'm, I'm going to choose not to do anything because that feels like the safest thing to do. Mm-hmm. For people that may be feeling the same way or they may be in that spot right now, what are some ways that they can start to kind of move past their fear? Yeah. That's so true, Amy. I mean, fear is definitely what stops most people from taking a step forward and it can feel very real. And before I share the steps to help people cope with fear, I want to share a personal story of my, of my own. When I was living on the East Coast and I remember getting a job opportunity to move to the West Coast and it felt exciting and scary at the same time because taking on the new opportunity would mean I would be giving up my social support system. I would be leaving 
a company that I have invested time in for a long time. And all for a new city, a new culture, a new job opportunity, and a new industry that I was not as familiar with. And I've used a couple of ways to help me understand and also get past my own fear. So the first step is to really just take a deep breath to calm ourselves down and embrace fear and not fight it. So what you do is you take a deep breath by inhaling deeply through your nose, into your lungs, and then exhaling through pursed lips, like as if you're blowing through a straw. You do this a couple of times until you feel relaxed. And the reason why this is so important is because we can't think clearly, or we can't be creative in finding solutions if you're feeling afraid. So we want to learn how to calm ourselves down. And once we're in a more relaxed state, then we want to face our fear head on and recognize that anytime we decide to go for our dream, fear will always be a companion in our journey because our dream by definition is outside of our comfort zone. So whenever we move past our comfort zone, fear will rise up. So we want to learn to have fear without fear having us. So to face off fear head on, we want to identify what is it that is causing the doubt or the fear. And we want to name it. And that way we can shine a light on it and have clarity. So like when I was deciding to whether or not to move to a new city for the new job opportunity, I realized that I had a fear of failure because there was just too many unknowns with the decision. But once I shine my light on it, I felt much better. Because now I know what is holding me back. And the next question I ask myself is, is what I'm feeling afraid happening right now? And it helped me recognize that what I was fearing was not actually happening at that very moment. And it caused me to be aware that I do have the time to think and to come up with solutions to help me mitigate my fear. Then the next thing I did was I asked, well, is there something I can do about my fear? And I realized that there are steps within my control that I could take, like reaching out to people who have moved to the same city and see what I could learn in terms of creating a successful transition plan for myself. And I also thought about ways to build relationships that I needed to support me. And all of these steps helped me mitigate my fear and enable me to take a step forward. So if just a step that you can take, to mitigate your fear, by all means, take that step. And the third way, like what you have actually touched on, Amy, before, is to surround with yourself with people who uplift you, the people who believe in your dreams, and the people who will cheer you on. Because there will be times when our beliefs in ourselves may not be as strong. So we want to have people around us who can remind us of our potential and of our greatness. So, you know, the three steps to face your fear is first to learn how to calm yourself down and think clearly and to be able to name your fear so you, you can identify what's holding you back. And second is to face your fear head on and then to take the steps to mitigate your fear. And then the third is to surround yourself with the right people it can be your cheerleaders. I really appreciate this conversation and especially this, this part of our conversation when we're talking about pushing past our fears, acknowledging it, recognizing it, and then deciding to kind of shift the energy 
And I like that in our conversation, we're talking about this being a gradual experience. It's not Wednesday, you push through and you, you break out on the other side and you're headed for something that's important to you, a major life shift. You know, it's not usually like that. Taking one step in front of the other and letting it be a gradual process, just don't stop taking steps. That's kind of where you really run into challenges when you don't continue going forward. You stop exploring you stop kind of that momentum is when you can really get stuck for a long time. Another thing that's been really important to me too is to be healing along this journey. So for me, that looked like therapy. It also looked like nutrition. And nutrition is a really important part of my overall sense of well-being. And then also PTSD-specific therapy, mm -hmm. helping to process traumas. And the more I was able to do that, the more of a capacity I had to navigate some of these life challenges we're talking about, uncovering information, doing research, asking questions, things like that. Some of those basic things can feel huge and hard and difficult when you're kind of riddled with anxiety and whatnot. So healing has definitely been an important part of that journey for me. So I really appreciate you're taking the time to kind of show a path for people and show some things that they can do to kind of get that shift going in their lives. Yeah. And just to add to what you were saying, Amy, filling our own cup first so that we feel healthy and we feel strong enough to take on challenges is so important before we think about taking the next steps in building our dreams because we want to have a good foundation when we're actually on the path of building our dreams. One of the things that's come up over time, because fear is a tricky thing. You know, you can mm -hmm. overcome it in one way and then it it's peaks up again in a completely different, for different reasons. And sometimes we reach crossroads like that, especially in a journey like this one that we're describing. So what in that situation, what could we do to help gain clarity on our decisions? Yeah. So making a decision at a crossroads where maybe two options feel equally risky or where two options could potentially lead us to two different paths, those can feel difficult. And those are choices that we may feel torn about on which direction to take. So when we're at such crossroads, you know, whether it's deciding whether to stay in your current job or to leave your current job, or like me, whether to stay in my current city or move to a new city, that's when we want to make sure that we have all the information available in front of us so that we can make the best possible choices. Since those choices could be life-altering for ourselves and for the people in our circle. So let's say even after considering all the data in front of us and using our values to guide us, and we sometimes can feel that maybe that choice is still not as clear and we're fe still feeling torn about it. There's actually another decision-making process that we can use in addition to looking at all the data in front of us. And this process is using our intuition. And how our intuition decision-making process works is it goes like this. Uh, first, we want to tune into our energy because our intuition speaks to us in the form of energy. So let's say right now, maybe some of the listeners may have two choices that they're contemplating that will put them on 
on two different paths. So what you want to do is to take a moment to be still and to find a quiet place and just take a deep breath or several deep breaths to calm yourself down and so that you can feel relaxed. And then just close your eyes. You want to imagine that you're stepping into the new life of having made the decision to go after the new job. So one month out, two months out, three months out, and you're imagining that you're taking all the steps that you could think of. And then as time passes, things will start to get foggier and foggier. And as you stand in that journey of having made the choice to take the new job, so let's say it's four months out now, six months out, and things starts to get dimmer and dimmer, and one year out, it starts to get dark. So as you stand in that darkness, just imagine how you would feel. Your feelings have an energetic tone to it. So you'll either feel expansive and contractive. So just notice it, but don't judge. And once you have a sense of that feeling, you want to bring yourself back to the present day. And then you repeat that same exercise. But now just imagine that instead of taking the new job, you choose to stay you know, where you are. And again, you're going to imagine taking all the steps that you can think of that you would be taking by staying in your current role. And then get a sense of how you feel, whether it's contractive or expansive. And once you have a sense of that, you bring yourself back again to the present moment. And now you can compare the energy between the two options. One of them will feel much more expansive and you will feel that it's giving you life. So you can choose that. So for me, when I was thinking whether or not to move to the new city, by using this exercise, in addition to all the data in front of me, it helped me gain clarity. Because while there was a lot of unknown with moving, at the end of the day, I still feel much more expensive with the new experience because I realized that if I had stayed, it was because it was fear that was causing me to hesitate. It certainly helped me and it helped me when I was making important decisions, pivotal decisions to really consider kind of what my gut instinct was. And I, it took a couple of years for me to really get to a point where I, I felt like I had a pretty good vision of where I was going and I'd done some of that kind of researching and looking and talking. I felt like even though you can't exactly see what your future is, I knew that I was headed in the right direction. It was lining up and it was making sense. And I was at a point where I was ready to take a next step. And as I got to that point, there was a sense of urgency within me that I really needed to take this step, that this was the right thing to do. And there's been points in my life where I've had that sense and I've always decided to go with it. And it's always turned out to be the right thing in situations where I have an instinct to do something, but I talk myself out of it. There's oftentimes a sense of dread that comes after that, or there's something is uncovered about why I had a gut instinct about this. Why did I ignore it? And then you find out, you know, on the other side, what the challenge is. So I think taking a moment to talk about why that's important to, to do that gut check, and you can do it regularly too, visualizing the two different paths. Really put yourself in that place of if I go down this path, what does my life look like? How do I feel about this? What is that day to day? Imagine it. And do you feel free? Do you feel better? Do you feel open? Do you feel expansion? 
Or do you feel heaviness? Do you feel stuck? And just kind of really checking in with yourself. There's always going to be more decisions to make and things are going to unfold. And you can, that's what I have done in my life. And it's really helped steer through some situations where there weren't a lot of answers. And I did kind of have to make decisions for myself, not necessarily knowing what was going to be on the other side. But it also helped me believe in myself, understand myself and feel connected with myself along the way. Right. And for those who are new with this practice, right, sometimes it can feel a bit clunky with the process. So to your point, it's, it's a matter of practicing it and then also learning from your experience. And then over time, that decision-making process will just become easier and easier. And we also want to know that every decision that we make is also a learning experience, right? And as we learn from our mistakes, then we'll learn to get better with each decision that we make so that we can steer ourselves in the right direction. So for those of us who are interested in exploring what it means to work with you, what would you suggest that we do? What could be some of our next steps? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking, Amy. So, well, for the listeners who are interested in taking what they learned today to a deeper level, and this program has been tested for over 40 years by my mentor, and there are three key phases to the program we should take clients through. The first phase is blueprinting, where I help people design a clear vision of a life they would love living, such that they don't just have a vision, but they have a relationship with their vision, meaning they really resonated with it and they know how to use that vision to spark ideas and they'll learn tools that can help them test if the dream is right for them and much more. And then the second phase is bridging, where I help people identify the gaps between where they are now and where they want to be and how to navigate that gap. For example, how to manage fear, doubts, and worries how to let go of our past that holds us back, how to align ourselves with much more abundance and so on. And then the third phase is where I help clients accelerate their steps towards building their dreams and towards building a st support structure for themselves and also help them learn how to raise their consciousness to accept more good in their lives. But the first step for those who are interested in finding out more about how to work with me is to have a discovery session with me. And what a discovery session is, is it's a 60 minute phone conversation where I help you get clear on your vision. I help you identify what's holding you back. And then based on what you share with me, I'll recommend to you what the best next steps are. And then if we determine that we're a good fit to work together, I'll share more with you about that. But if not, I'll point you to the right direction and you'll still get a very good value out of the call. So the call is worth $250, uh, but for our listeners today, I'm going to offer it complimentary to you. So you can just email me at erin at tnsuccesscoach.com with the subject line discovery call and include your contact information and then just write down the code emerge thriving and then we can take it from there. And you can also find out more about me at my website at tnsuccesscoach.com. Wonderful. And you host free workshops that people can attend too. You have one coming up in January? Yes, I do have one that's coming up on January 24th. Yes. Okay. We're going to list that on emergethriving.com. I know that's listed on your website too, and we'll put it in the show notes. 
Is there a final thought that you'd like to share with our listeners before we part ways? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to you, Amy, for this amazing opportunity to be part of the Emerge Thriving Circle. It's been such a privilege to know you personally, Amy, and the work that you do. And I think that the support that your work is giving to others is extremely beneficial. And one final thing that I do want to share with our listeners today is that we're all creating results at any given time. So if we keep breathing for the next 365 days, we are going to get results. The question is whether we are creating the results by design or default. So to create a life we love, we want to make sure that we're intentional with the results that we choose to create. And the more you're willing to step outside of your comfort zone, the more you can grow and then step more into the life that you love. So I invite you to recognize that fear will always be part of your journey. And if you want to grow, you want to learn to be okay with having fear and not let fear have you. Life shrinks or expands in proportions to one's courage. So with that in mind, I invite you to choose to believe in yourself and your dreams and to choose courage over fear. So thank you, Amy. And I hope to connect with more of you in this community. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for such a great conversation today, Aaron, and for sharing how we can take steps towards a deeper sense of fulfillment. We appreciate you and we look forward to staying connected. If you have a wellness topic that is important to you, let us know by visiting emergethriving.com forward slash podcast.